Okay, we're continuing. Megillah's Esther. Um, last week we began Perak Zion as a continuation from previous years, and we gave a little bit of a recap of where we were holding. Um, what had slipped to my mind last week was the name Masechta Seifrim. And Masechta Seifrim, which is the Minhagim of Kla Yisrael, um, over there is brought down the Minig that the two Matzei Shabbosas before Purim um, in, in Chaydesh Adar, Kla Yisrael had a Minig, the first Matzei Shabbos to lay in the Megillah, the first five Prakim, and the second Matzei Shabbos to lay in the second five Prakim. And it's Mavur that it was a preparation of learning the Megillah so that when it comes Purim and you read the entire Megillah, you'll know what's going on. And the whole purpose of the Megillah is Lufarsim as Hanes, is Persume Nisa, as we explained in our Shira Shirim Shir a while ago, that it's very clear from the Gemara that Esther did not become, Gemara Baba Basra, Esther did not become part of Kisve Kaidish until. They came back, Anshay Knesset HaGdoyla came back to Eretz Yisrael in the beginning of Bayashaini, And yet, we find that the Gemara tells us the next year after Purim, already they had made it as a Yantif with Kriyas HaMegillah. <coughs> How do you have a Megillah that's not a Megillah yet as part of Kisvei Kaidesh? So we explained that because Kriyas HaMegillah is Pirsume Nisa, it happens to be later on, it became also part of Ksuvim, it became part of Kisvei Kaidish. And that's why there's a Machlaikis in the Gemara from where do you have to start reading in order to be Yaitzi Yechiv. You don't find by Megillah's Rus and Shvuiz that anyone says just read the last parak. It's a Megillah, you read the entire Megillah. But when it comes to Purim, Megillah's Esther, the Takana of reading the Megillah was before it was a Megillah. The Takana was to be Mefarsim as Hanes, and that the question was, so where do you have to start from? Do you start from Takvei Shal Nes, from Balailahu, when the Nes began? Do you start from Haman? Do you start from Mardchai? Or do you start from Achashverish, which is the beginning, like we hold, which, which shows us that the Nes already, the Pirsim Hanes, is from the beginning of the Megillah, and that is how the Gra and the Yosef Lekach before Mablez Ashkenazi, um, they show how every piece in the every pasuk in the Megillah is a chelik of the nace, is a part of the nace. <coughs> so now we are in Perak Zion, and we are in the middle of pasuk Zion. So what happened last week was that Esther comes along and tells Achashverosh that someone is trying to destroy. Um, Kla Yisrael to destroy herself and Kla Yisrael and Achashverosh says to Esther who is this? So she said <coughs> it was Haman so we explained Hamas was Nivas he was confused he was no way for him to talk because Haman had a problem if he would be just be in front of the Melech Achashverosh um he could have said, listen, the Jews are evil people, uh, even they happen to be Esther, happens to be one of them, but he could have said that they're terrible people. But once Esther's there, he wouldn't say that in front of her. If it was only Esther, he could have told Esther, I didn't know that you're a Jew, and if I would have known, I would have loved you, forget the whole business. Mashenken, he couldn't have said that if Achashverosh is there, because he had told Achashverosh what a terrible people they are. So since he was in front of them, all of his excuses don't work because it doesn't work for the other one. 
So, as we explained, So we said that um, the Melech was He wasn't yet ready to do anything here. We would think that he hears that Esther is a Jew and Haman wants to kill her. He would think he would just finally, uh, he would uh, want to get rid of Haman. But uh, as we explained last week, that Haman already, I mean, Achashverish, Haman was his best chavrusa. He was the one who was able to talk as bad about the Jews as he wanted. As he wanted, he was, uh, he, he was a good friend of his. And he wasn't so willing to get rid of him. And he remembered that a different time he made a very hasty decision. And he got rid of his queen Vashti and it caused him a lot of trouble. So he wasn't ready yet to uh, take the next step. So he went out, Elginas Habison. He went out to his garden, which was full of all types of exotic plants and flowers. And uh, he wanted to calm himself down there. And we said last week the Malachi Asharis came and they said that Haman had instructed them to chop down all the trees and the king was burning angry. He was burning angry. And we explained from the guy that even though this was a lie, it never happened, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts, Mida Kenegin Mida, Lahagid Ki Yashar Hashem. Hashem is Yashar. If you ever see, he does something that seems tricky, like by Lavan and like by Paroi, and you see it's Mitzrayim, and over here, it's Vilayav Lasaboy. The Sheker is not with him. He acts Mida Kenegin Mida. If you act together Sheker, like Lavan did, and like Paroi did, and like Haman did, so therefore Hashem punishes them Mida Kenegin Mida with a Sheker. And that is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu made that the king should be angry through a sheker. There's a Tanit Velio that says, Elashon, If a person acts like a tzaddik and he speaks in a truthful way, So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him a malach who deals with him in a truthful way. If a person makes himself a rush and he talks shaker, says the Medrash, Hashem gives him a malach, If a person is in the middle of the road, sometimes it's Adik, sometimes a Rasha, sometimes Emes, sometimes Shaker, So he gets it. You set your own table. The way you, you act is how a Kaddish Baruch who acts with you. A, a, a Lavan and a Para and a Haman, they act in a way of Shaker, being Malshin against Klai, so Haman said Shkarim and Shkarim. So when he gets punished, it comes through a Shaker. So now continues the pasuk. So the king went out. He goes out to calm himself down. So now Haman gets up. He's standing. So now he has his opportunity, Haman. He has his opportunity to go. Now the king is gone. So now the only problem why why he couldn't say anything was because whatever he says, it's a contradiction to the other. So he leaves. Achashverosh leaves. And Haman now wants to go tell Esther that, you know, he didn't really mean it. If he would have known that she was a Jew, he would love the Jews. They were such great people, the Jews, because he saw what was going on with the king. Meanwhile, what's going on outside? The king went out to calm himself down. Haman's hoping that when the king comes back, he'll be able to handle with him. He already is handling with Esther that uh, it's not such a bad uh, thing going on over here. And what happens? The king comes back, and as we know, he's burning angry. Instead of going out there to calm down, he's even more angry than he was before because his whole garden was being chopped down, supposedly according to the orders of Haman. So he comes back, 
And Haman is falling on the mita which Esther is on it. So the Gain says, it means, He was in such pain and such agony of what was going on over here. His whole plan in the last 12, 15 hours going down the drain. And he was in such sorrow. In other words, when he was in the Pasuk before, he was Omed Levakesh al Nafsha. He stood up to ask for his life, but then he was so full of Tsar because he realized he's in such trouble, he possibly fell down. He fell down from Tsar. So, meanwhile, what happens? The king comes back, and the Haman, Haman has fallen on the Mitosh or Esther Aleh. Says the Gain that he looks and he says, What's going on? Esther just told me that Haman wants to kill her and her nation. I leave the room for a minute, and in a moment he's on top of her, ready to kill her. So, so, and he sees him mamish on top of her. So he gives a shrai and he says, "It's not enough that you made exera to kill her. You want to kill her mamish right here?" So again, Achashverosh is reading the whole story a little wrong here, but that's part of what Hakadosh Baruch is doing, and this is all part of the Tfilas of Klai Yisrael are bringing this about. So Memela, Ufnei Haman Chafu, and the face of of, Ham, of Haman was shame. Says the guy, Pirish Hayabayish, he was ashamed. Because what should he say? Is he going to go say to Achashverosh, No, I'm Mevakesh Mimenu Al Nafsha. He's begging for his life. Kimaloi Levakesh. Why is he begging for his life? Again, he's back to his problem. The minute the king walks back in, he's back to the He spent so much time saying how much he should kill the Jews, kill the Jews, kill the Jews. Who cares? Now the point should be, who cares if Esther is also a Jew? They're such terrible people. The right thing to do is to kill them. So he shouldn't be begging for his life. If anything, he should be going to Akashverosh and saying, hello, who cares about Esther that she's a Jew? We still have to kill them. But Haman is not thinking that way. Haman's thinking all about himself here and his own COVID. And we talked about this last year in the parak before. And this was really his entire downfall. His entire downfall was his own COVID. Because in the parak before, when he came, he came there. And he came there with a mission. He's Amalek. He's Amalek. He's there to kill Kla Yisrael. He has a mission from his Zaydagog to kill Kla Yisrael. However, Haman is a person who is very busy with his own covet as well. And it gets a little bit in the way of his mission that he has from Agog and from Amalek. And that's the one thing that his brilliant political uh, politician, his wife, Zeresh, forgot to take into account. She sent him there to take care of Mardchai, as we said, early in the morning. There's no one going to be there. All of those things, how she knew who her husband was, but she figured she has it. But the one thing she didn't take into account is that if there's going to be a little bit of an Isayan in covered, it's going to throw the whole thing off. And what happened? He gets there, and the king tells him, what should we do? What should we do to a person that the king wants to honor? Now the truth is, we mentioned this last year, and that is that the king had actually asked, Manasa Yikar Ugidula Lemardachai. What Yikar Ugidula was done for Mardachai? He said two things. Yikar is in Kavad, and Gidula 
is in Mammon. He gave him a promotion and he had a ton of money, he had the most money, it was the Mishnah Lamelech. So the king said, And they said, Nothing happened. Then when Haman comes along and he says, What should we do with the person? What happened to the Gedula? The answer is, says the guy over there, if Achashverosh would have said Gedula, Haman never would have thought he's talking about him. He has all the Gedula in the world. Yikar, there's still more. Parade me around as if I'm the king. Mamish like a like a Purim spiel. Uh, Haman is here with the covet of Haman is. He should be put the put on the, the king's crown, put on the clothing, parade him around. She Ki'ilu is the king. And Revd always says, "What happens, you know, Matzei Purim when your kid's still dressed up as the king? You're no longer king. Go to sleep tomorrow's school. You know what I'm saying? It's over. It's a game. You know what I mean? For kids, it's kinderspiel. And this Haman." But to him, all this covet, if you didn't have a little bit of covet, he could pretend that because he's the king for a moment as they parade him through the streets. It's Kedai. But Gedula, Gedula, he had everything. He couldn't get any bigger than him. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it that Achashverosh omitted the word Gedula. And that's why Haman says, No one more than me. If he would have said Gedula, he never would have thought it was for himself. And this is where it went off track. Because Haman slowed down. Forget the covet for a minute. You have a job. You have a Yerzeh that left you a Messira, a, a Patrika, it says Epis in the, in the Medrash. You have a, you have a, a Tzava from Agog to get rid of Kalal Yisrael. You have a life's mission. You'll play, uh, you know, Purim Spiels a little later. No. But here he's fighting with himself. What should he do? Should he talk about Mordechai? Should he tell the king or should he not? Back and forth. Covet got the best of him. Zeresh, as well as she knew her husband, this she didn't take into account. And that's what threw everything off. And that really is, the Gain says, that there's a Pasuk in, um, there's a Pasuk in Mishlei that says, Lifnei Shever Ge'oin. Before HaKadosh Baruch Hu breaks the Russia, he lifts him up so that the fall will be a bigger smash. And it's not only just in that's by Yehimah it's even psychologically. This wasn't, there was nothing. It was a Kavadika thing. In his mind, he thought it's going to be me. He's already dreaming as he's being paraded through the street. And at that moment, the king tells him what? The king tells him, and from there on, as Zeresh told him, if this is he's falling down and down and down and down. And that's the same thing. The guy Vidika Haman over here. What should he have done? Again, what should he have done? He should have told Achashverish, okay, so she's a Jew. We made a mistake originally when we asked. About the queen, you know, which you gave a form to become the queen and said nationality optional, right? We was a mistake. We should have found out who she is. But who? They're such wicked people. Let's get rid of them. But that's not Haman. Haman's again, he got off track over here. It's not he's worried about himself. Forget what a hill, a gog and that. All that's wonderful when it's not negat to me and my life. So if so, therefore, what's he doing? He's begging for his life here. To Esther, he's begging for his life. Achashverosh walks in, he's back in the same problem. He can't say anything anymore. What's in the talk, I'm begging for my life. You're the one who should be here saying, let's get rid of her and finish. Ufnei Haman Chafu. So Pnei Haman is Chafu. He had nothing to answer, because what's he going to say? <coughs> now, you would think that at this point, 
Achashverosh uh, is, is already get, ready to get rid of him. Because Shvaruch knows he's not holding there yet. As bursting as he is not. Now, Lechaira, the guy doesn't bring this, but the Gemara tells us, Bahaman Neufel, is that a Malach came and threw him on top of Esther. And every time he tried to get up, right, Rashi brings it down, right, but the, Rashi brings it down every time. Um, Right, Amalek Toiv is the Lashon Neufel. Neufel is the Lashon of Haiva. He's constantly falling, right? Why? Because every time he's trying to get up, he pushes him down. So again, the Fidat, the Melech comes as Agam Lichbash is Amalekim of Abayis. So what happens if Nehaman Chav? What's Haman going to say? There's a Malach here? Amalek doesn't believe in Malachim. There's no such thing. Amalek is the Spitz of Teva. Amalek is Vilayare Elikim. Amalek is. In the Bugalain Parshas Amalek, what they do, they said, whoever the astrologers say are not going to die, right, in this month, we're going to send them out. Everything is Teva. Amalek is Teva. Everything is natural. And that's how we said before also. He said, Kalashir Karahu. He told them it was all a coincidence. Happens to be that uh, they were honoring Mardcha. But I'm going to go back and do what I want to do. Because it's all Asher Karcha Baderech. Everything is Mikra when it comes to Amalek. They don't believe in Malachim. They don't believe in the Revelayer Elikim. So what's he going to say? A Malach's pushing him? He don't believe in Malachim. Now he believes in Malachim. He believes in Malachim now. But he, he's not going to tell Dachashverish. So he has nothing to do with Nehaman Chafu. So again, at this point, we would think that he's so enraged that um, that Achashverosh would say, now's the time to kill him. But it doesn't happen yet. So Kaddish Baruch Hu says, okay, we need one more little injection of anger here. So Charvoina, who is Echad Min HaSarisim, said in front of the king. So what does it mean, Echad Min HaSarisim? So we explained at the end of the last parak that they were still in the end of Perak Vav. They were still schmoozing, meaning Zeresh and Haman were fighting out if this is a simon min that he should stop or not. So Haman was saying, it's a mikra. I came at the wrong time. I'll go back and I'll tell them we have to kill... We have to, I'll tell Hashveresh, we have to kill Mardchai. And Zeresh is telling me, you're crazy. If this is Mardchai... And she told him, go take down that eights. That eights, better go take it down. Now's not a good time to have an eights ready to hang Mordechai. And he was saying, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a coincidence. I'm going to go back and we're going to hang Mordechai later in the day. So, we said, they were still speaking if they should take down the eights or not. HaKadosh Baruch made it, the Sarisim came, and they brought him very quickly in a tumult. So, Harvaina was one of those Sarisim. He was one of those Sarisim. He was one of those Sarisim, and he was there, and he was witnessing the Machlaikis between Zeresh and Haman. And Haman is saying, no, let's keep the eights, we're going to hang Mardchai. And Zeresh was saying that. So he knew about that. So he turns to Hamelech, and he turns to Achashverish, and says, Achashverish, Gam Asheroso Haman, look, Gam, Hine, Hine, behold the eights. Remember, Zeresh told him a wonderful piece of information. Zeresh told him, I have a great idea. She told him when you should make the eights, she said, Yasu eights gavoya chamishimamo. Not only she was a brilliant strategist in politics, she was a brilliant mathematician as well. And she was able to figure out that if you're sitting in the king's palace at the Mishte Hayai and drinking wine, in order to be able to see 
the gallows standing in Haman's backyard, how tall they have to be. She figured it out with the angles, right? You have to figure out the hypotenuse or whatever it is to figure out, right? How, how, how tall it has to be to be able to see it. So she figured it out that Hamishim Amma is 50 Amas. If it's that tall, when you're sitting there, you'll still be able to see it. And that's what she told him. So you'll be able to hang Mordechai Uvoim Amelech Ala Mishta Sameach. And you'll come happy to the king because you'll be watching your enemy hanging while you're drinking your wine at the party. What could be better? You had the second day at a party with Akashverish. You're so happy. Mardcha is ruining your day because what greater simcha is there drinking wine and watching him hang? So now, says, hey, look up. You could see it from here. You could see Gam He pointed to it. He said, "Here's the eight Asher also Haman Lamardechai. Who did he make it for? For Mardechai that he spoke good about the king. You realize what he wanted to do? He didn't just want to stop kill him. He wanted to hang him up on a fifty yama thing that everybody should see it. Said so everybody should see it. Now, okay. So what's the big deal about that? So why is that such a big deal? If Achashverosh wasn't angry enough that Esther is being killed as a Jewess, and, and he's not angry enough because his trees are being knocked down, and he's not angry enough when Haman's neifel al-amita, and he thinks he's going to kill her right there, why does this make it any better? So the Gain says that two things were going on over here. Number one, Chazal tell us this was really Elio Navi dressed as Charvayna. It was Elio Navi dressed as Charvayna. And when Eliyahu Navi came dressed as Charvayna, he said this, these words, asher haman asher diber al Why did he have to say that part? Why did he have to say asher diber al hamelech? We know who Mardchai is. Mardchai, two hours ago, was being paraded through the streets. doesn't know who Mardchai is. So says the guy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu caused him to say it in this Lashon, when Achashverosh heard about it, he heard it, he said to himself, asher This is the eights that Haman made, L'mardchai, Asher Diber, that when Haman was making it, you know what he said? This would be good to hang the king on to. That's how Achashverosh processed it. He processed it and he heard him say, Asher Diber, this is the one that he made for Mardchai, that while he was making it, Asher Diber, that Haman said to himself, <laughs> Forget Mardchai, this is even good to hang the king on. That's how Achashverosh heard it. When he heard that, when he heard that, that already threw him over the top. Not Esther, not the money, everything. Nagea, him? Haman wants to hang him as his best friend. Chavruzer will get rid of him. No, So the king said, to hang him on it. And you have two things over here. Why is Eliyohan Navi Zaycha to bring the Geula here? Why is Eliyohan Navi Zaycha to be the one that actually brings the final Yeshua? And the answer takes us back all the way back to the beginning of the story with the Medrash. And the Medrash tells us that that uh, the Satan made this Gezeira against Kla Yisrael. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was Chaysim the Gezeira with the Chaysam Shel Tit. And nobody knew about it. Nobody knew about it. And Eliyoh Navi heard about it. And Eliyoh Navi went to wake up the Ovis Akdashim. And he said, what are you doing about it? And they said, we have nothing to do. Till he got to Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, Klum yesh ish kosher hadar. Is there a person, an Adam kosher in that generation? Rebbe Rebbe always used to explain, it doesn't say an Adam who's a tzaddik. 
This was the times of Zanshei Knesset Hagdaila was around, there were Nevi'im around. What do you mean, is there Adam Kasher? Kasher is from Lashon Mukhshar Lo'isadavar, a person who's the right man for the job. Meaning, a person we're going to tell him this is what needs to be done and he will follow what we tell him to do. And he told him, yes, there's a person named Mardchai. Because as we explained last week, I was explained throughout the years, again, the only way to be Mesach in this Gzeira was through Tefillah with no Hishtadlis. And Mardchai excelled at that. Mardarar. It was all about Tefillah. He was a person who excelled at Tefillah. But this is not the normal way of handling things. So you need someone who we're going to tell him that the only way to handle it is through Tefillah with no Hishtadlis. Is he going to listen to us and follow it to the T? And he says, yes, there's someone Mardchai who will. So Moshe Rabbeinu told him, you go down and tell him what he should do, that when the Gzairah hasn't even come out yet, hasn't even come out yet, that when the Gzairah is going to come out, he should make sure to only be Mispalo. Moshe Rabbeinu said, when I have a chance, I'll put in a good word. And that's what happened the night before, when Haman, again, Lifnei Shever Ga'ayim, Haman's on his way to go to Balayla, who nadrash natzameleh, what did he do? He plans on hanging Mardchai. He went to see what Mardchai is doing the night before. And there were 22,000 children learning with Mardchai. And he put them all in chains. And he says, Tamara, I'm going to kill you. And it says that the mothers came to the children. They had been fasting for three days and three nights. They came to them and they said, please eat something. And the reason the Mepharshim explained why they want them to eat something, the mamas of Kla Yisrael, they said, we want you to have strength to live to the morning so you'll be able to die Al-Kiddush Hashem. We don't want you to die before you can give up your life Al-Kiddush Hashem. And the kids said, no, we're not going to eat. We're going to continue to learn and we're going to make it to the morning. And at that moment, as Haman was strutting around there again with his Gansa Gaiva, the kids started crying and all of a sudden, the Rebbe says, hey, what's going on? I hear some sheep crying down there. And that's where Moshe Rabbeinu said, sheep, it's not sheep. That's Kla Yisrael. Kla Yisrael is doing tshuva. Kla Yisrael is going to be destroyed by Haman Tamara. That's where Moshe put in his good word. And HaKadosh Baruch said, What? What? Balaylahu Hashem said the is over. And now all of a sudden, Balaylahu, and that's how everything began. Who's the one who was the first one to step up and start doing something about the Gzeira? Eliyahu He was the one who went to the office and he went to Moshe Rabbeinu. He was Mishtadl first to Kala Yisrael. Therefore, he was Zaycha to be the one to give that final nail into the coffin of Haman where he said, that he said about him, that's how Achashverosh understood it. That's why Elio was Zaycha to be the one to bring about this Yeshua. And again, we come back to the guy from last week, Rev always used to say, Haman, if he'll ever meet Eliyahu Navi up in Shemayim, he's going to tell him again, you said a sheker about me. I never said, Why'd you say it that, that way? And again, we get to the garden that we started off. You start with shkarim, you leave with shkarim. You tell him, you're the one who started. You made your bed. If you deal with shkarim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts midah k'neged midah. So not only was the cutting down of the trees, which enraged Achashverosh a sheker because of the midah k'neged midah, the final blow to Haman, he went out of this world through a sheker gomer that Achashverosh understood, that he said, Elio said, that Haman said, Asher diber toiv melech he was so enraged, Vayoymer HaMelech tlu alav, so they hanged Haman on the eights that he was making for Mardchai. And at this point, the king calmed down. 
because I'll tell us whenever it says Melech in the Megillah, it means Malkah Shal Olam. If it doesn't say Melech Achashverosh, it means Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and that means that the anger of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that he's been angry since the beginning of this Gezeira of the Chatoim of Klal Yisrael, now through the Tshuva and getting rid of finally the Gezeira with Haman, Hamas Hamelech Shachacha, that the king was calmed down. Now the truth is, the Targum Sheni tells us that really it wasn't so easy to hang Haman. Haman wasn't done yet. Remember, Haman is the big uh, Amaleki and he's uh, supposed to hate the Jews with such a passion. And you would think that if Mardchai is going to be the one to, uh, to have to, or the, he's going to be, he's, he's gonna be uh, hanged here. So the Targum Sheni says that, um, if I'm correct, one second. Right, the uh, Targum Sheni says that actually uh, Achashverosh told Mordechai to hang Haman. In other words, it's Mamash Midah, Kenegad Midah. Haman was going to hang Mordechai. Mordechai is the one to fill, to fill uh, the, the, uh, to, to carry out the verdict of hanging him. So again, you would think Haman with his Ganza uh, Messiah of hating Jews, he's going to go there with his head held high and in Mimoyser Nefesh, Al-Kiddush Amalek, right? Al-Kiddush Agag, whatever it is, you know what I mean? But as we see, that's not Haman. Haman is only like that until it's Negea to his life. How are we mashva, how are we saying Hamelech could be the Rebbeinu Shalom here when all the other things are also Hamelech? And there's no differentiation. Why would we call the Rebbeinu Shalom the same as Achashverosh? No, Hamelech and Hamelech Achashverosh. Hamelech is the is 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 every time every time in the Megillah it says Hamelech Hazal Seir means Malkish Shalaylam. Hamelech Achashverosh means Achashverosh. So you have to, so you have to know how they all mean. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, so what happens? Targum Sheni says that Haman, the entire time, was still trying to get out of it. He's talking to Mordechai all about um, how he should save him and so on and so forth, and have Rachmanis on him. And it's not my fault, and I took bad advice from my wife Zeresh. It's really her fault. He threw her under the bus, and so on and so forth. Please don't hang me. You're a tzaddik. Um, and then he told him, and even if you're going to kill me, don't hang me up on a, on a thing. Everyone should see me chop off my head with a sword, he told him. So on and so forth. He was crying and screaming, says the Targum Shaini, until finally he was put up onto that eight and, and he was hanged on, on the gallows. And again, you see over here, this was Haman. Haman, this was nothing L'Shem nothing Shemaim over here. This was all about himself and his covet, and that was who he was and that was his downfall. And that's all part of Amalek, a part of Amalek, part of being Timcha Zecher Amalek is not just being Moicha der Shmai, but there's the Bizoyan in it as well. There's Indian to be Mavaza Amalek. There's Indian to be Mavaza Amalek. And that's why we clap Haman and all these things, because when it comes to Amalek, Amalek is out to get rid of Kla Yisrael. And when we get rid of them as well, when Akadish Baruch Hu does it, he brings them to such Bizoyanness. You see how Haman went from the, to all the way at the top. So all the way to Bizayin after Bizayin after Bizayin that Kaddish Baruch Hu brought to him for what, for what he did. And that really ends over here, Perak Zion. But again, we have to remember that everything that happened here, and this was a very quick, this was all in three days, right? It's just how to learn the dates, but the Pashtus was that Mr. Uh, Burr brings this down, that this was uh, Tez Zion, uh, Nisan, this was the second day of Pesach, right? Because the night before, Mardcha was learning about the Karban Ha'aymer, he was wearing the Karban Ha'aymer. 
that we brought up his mantra based on Mikdash Kayyam. And um, it was, a, so the whole Gzaira was all of, this whole story was all of three days long since Perak, uh, since Perak Gimel or whatever it is. Perak Gimel, Perak Dalit. And this was all brought about, this was all brought about only because of the constant Tfilas of Kla Yisrael. From beginning to end, three days and three nights of Tfilas brought Yeshua one, two, three. It brought Malachim, it brought Elio Hanavi. There was no Ishtadlis here at all that accomplished anything. It was only the Tfilas of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is really what the Rambam tells us, that the whole Yontif of Purim is a Yontif Lohidia to tell Kla Yisrael the Dairis that it's Emetz Mashakasa Batayra. This is the, the Rambam right. It's Emes Mashakasa Batayra that HaKadosh Baruch Hu listens to us Bechal Kareinu Eilav. The Yantif of Purim is a lesson in understanding that when we dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Mekabal Artfilas. Because although when you look at the story you don't see anything about that, However, it's very clear from Chazal that the one thing that brought about this whole Yeshua was the Tfilis of Kla Yisrael constantly bringing, as we'll see, Akashverish was a tough, a tough nut to crack. Uh, Esther tried with one thing and the next thing and then going out to the Gina and then uh, Haman falling on the Mita, so on and so forth. He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't. To get him to kill Haman was, take to, to, was, 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 was an unbelievable feat that could not really be done other than, by anyone other than HaKadosh Baruch Hu and only be done because of the Tfilis of Kla Yisrael and that is through the Tfilis of Kla Yisrael the Yeshua came about and as it's Hashem Next week we will begin Perek Ches and continue in the story. Why didn't Elio